Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, a horror movie podcast where we review horror movies in 30 minutes or less. Today's movie we're going to be reviewing is the Screambox original, When the Screaming Starts. It's directed by Connor Borough, written by Connor Borough and Ed Hartland, starring Jared Rogers as Norman, Ed Hartland, the writer, as Aiden, Caitlin Rynell as Claire, and Octavia Gilmore as Amy. The plot of this movie is... When Norman Graysmith is invited into the home of an aspiring serial killer, Aiden Mendel, he believes he has the subject for the documentary that will make his career. 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what did you think of When the Screaming Starts? So I think somebody requested this movie to us, and I remember watching the trailer for it and kind of being like, eh, I don't know if this is going to be good material for what we talk about on our podcast. Right. But dude, this movie was fucking incredible. Very, very, very much a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of had everything I love about horror and um, good mix of comedy. I mean, reminded me right off the bat, like a mix between Shaun of the Dead and What We Do in the Shadows, if you've ever seen that. I've seen some of What We Do in the Shadows, so I see your comparison. Go for it. So, yeah, no, that's just it. I think it was a mix of the two. And, like, obviously, fans of Shaun of the Dead have been, like, we've all been asking for a sequel for who knows how long. And it's probably never going to happen. So, as far as I'm concerned, this is the spiritual successor to it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love this movie. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I thought it was great. So, if you like shows like The Office or Community or, like, Shaun of the Dead or When We Hide in the Shadows, right? If you like any of those type of feeling shows and you love horror, this movie is definitely for you. Because the movie itself has that feel all the way through because it's very documentary style. But it's not like documentary in the sense that it's made to look like a real documentary. This is clearly, like a fomentary but they make it funny it's really well done it doesn't look like shit the slightest bit it looks like something that could have been a tv show it looks that good and i thought they killed it on this movie i loved it it's a ridiculous premise because oh, it's a yeah yeah because I, the I, kid is once he wants to be a serial killer and i guess he, he killed his grandmother but she died under what did they say they said unnatural causes maybe yeah, I don't think they really said exactly what he did, but... No, no, I don't think he killed anyone, really. I think he wanted to, but never did. And this guy... Well, he killed Richard. Else. Well, yes, he killed Richard. That's true. Richard, by the way, is the cat, Rip. But if we poor, didn't... Poor Richard. <laughs> poor Richard. You know, if we didn't tell you it was a cat, you'd be like, oh, well, okay, he killed someone, right? You know, his yeah. name's Richard. No, Richard was a cat, and he shot the cat by accident, and like immediately it was just like, oh, shit. You know, it's it's like he was just so startled by killing something, which I would think if you're a serial killer, you're not really startled by that stuff. You're just like, you're going about your normal business. This is just another day at the office. 
Yeah, I love like one of the opening quotes when we start with the narration again. The opening quote of when it comes to murder, someone always ends up getting killed. Right then, I was like, this movie's going to be fucking silly. <laughs> it's stating the fact. When right? it comes to, it's like, when it I comes like, to murder, no shit. when it comes to murder, water is wet. <laughs> but yeah, I think that sets the tone of what this movie ended up being. Dude, I... Um, and I, then and then we get the opening credits, and I love the music that was playing because I just happened to be listening to that band last week. What band is that? Because I was like, I don't have enough weed to be listening to this right now. It's um, Green Lung. Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Green Lung. <laughs> I feel like I should have just been smoking a, like a pound of weed and listening to this and just like headbanging in slow motion, like yeah, I'm listening to Sano. It's fun. It's super fun. It sounds fun. I, I should check that out. Yeah, Green, they put out an album this year, actually. Green Lung, you said. Yeah. Like greed as in weed. And lung is in what I used to breathe. Yeah, and the album's called This Heathen Land. Oh, God, this all makes sense. All of this makes sense, because this whole <laughs> yep. movie is like one stoner dream of a documentary. So speaking of bands, what did you think of the Cannibal Death March song? Oh, it's fucking awesome. I bet it's you, all over Bandcamp right now. It should, and the summons should take notes on how to make good music. I know. We're clearly not making that kind of music, because that stuff, that's going to make them big. They're going to go to the stratosphere with that. <laughs> I love the video. The video is so good. My favorite part of the music video is like the people just walking around in the background. Yeah, they're in like a park. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like in a public park and they're like, burn the witch. <laughs> and the girl's like, no, burn the witch. It's so silly. And you can see people in the background. And I bet you anything, these aren't just like people that are part of the movie. They're probably on looking like, what the fuck are these people even doing? But they didn't have to have them sign anything because you can't see their face so i think people were just literally dumbfounded by what the hell was happening and especially there was this one part where aiden's the guitarist of this band by the way and he's shredding his ass off right and behind him there's a dog taking a shit <laughs> <laughs> and the owner just picks up the crap and he looks up and there's a witch flying in the sky and aiden's riding on the broom shredding just fucking shredding and the guy like the old man just looks up like what the fuck a witch. So this is actually where we learn who Aiden's first victim is going to be. Yes. Because he's mad at his vocalist. It's likely story. He wants Luke to die. Yeah. I'm sure my whole band wants me to die. <laughs> I know not... all about it. Yeah. Have they told you that before? No. No, they haven't. No. They're thinking it, though. Oh, uh, yeah. No, they're glad I'm back. Who then... said? What? Who said that? Oh, yeah, that's right. None of them said that. I just assume. Well, as long as it makes you feel better. It makes me happy. It can't be that bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we find out who his first kill is because apparently as a serial killer, their first kill should be someone they know. That doesn't make any sense. No, your first kill, like, it happens to be someone you know, but that's the easiest way to get caught. They yeah, start asking everyone, Everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's been hanging out with this person. Yeah. Yeah. He's suspicious. Exactly. It has to be random. It has to be completely, utterly random. Someone this is why this is why Timbaland Beast has hired someone to try and kill his wife exactly. instead of doing it himself. Yep. You know, he should have gone through like someone else who's, who outsources this thing. He knows tons of people. He could have just outsourced that outsource. Yeah. No, nah, instead he just went to prison forever and got ripped. What happened to the guy that he actually hired? I don't, I don't really know. Oh, I think he was a cop, undercover cop. That's right. That's how he got caught. Yep. Yep. Smart. Also, who does a job like that for five grand? That's a know, little bit desperate. bigger. Yeah, maybe. 
you know um yeah that stuff i'm assuming costs a lot more than five grand that's like i can scrounge up that money no problem here you go fork it over yep now he needed to use like a vpn to put in that kind of offer true he messed up he fucked up yeah but apparently by aiden that's the way to go that's how you start is by someone close to you and so aiden and his ex-lead singer of his band they're in this director's van by the way, the director, he's shooting this whole thing because he thinks that this is going to be his rise to the top. Like, interview with a serial killer and watching the whole thing unravel. He thinks that this is going to be his breakthrough movie, right? So they're in his van, and Aiden's just saying that they're going to go to the pub. And Aiden starts pouring fucking chloroform right into, like, a, a cloth. And the yep. lead singer just looked over, and he's like, what are you doing? And by the way, the lead singer is no longer looking like he's in a black metal band. He's definitely got a suit and tie on, and he looks like he sold out. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He sold out. He didn't want this, to do black metal anymore. This part was so funny with the chloroform. <laughs> so silly. Aiden puts the chloroform on the rag, and he goes to put it on Luke's face, and Luke just slaps his arm away. <laughs> I love that. It was, like a, it was so like startling, like, oh. Right, he just slaps him. Like, yep. what are you doing? Yeah. And then Aiden starts dumping all these papers on him. Director's like, that's my work. <laughs> it's so silly. Oh, my God. And next thing you see, obviously, Aiden's knocked out in the uh, the van. And apparently, every failed murder attempt, you have to go and find a bird to eat and drink its blood or something. So he went off on his little excursion and got bit by a, a goose, something yeah. like that. <laughs> yep. We can't make this shit up, people. This is like an actual movie. And so this is where this movie kind of starts going a little off the rails for me. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But I think it's weird because they were focusing like on just Aiden and his girlfriend. They, you know, just kind of the two of them and his like relationship and his world. Speaking of Claire, when, when they're sort of introducing her character, another funny thing she said, and she said, I met Aiden at a hit and run. <laughs> That was that what was the funny. Fuck? <laughs> Love at first sight, right there. I met him at a hit and run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now what? They decide that they're going to start a Charlie Manson family. Yeah, exactly. And it's probably because Aiden didn't want to commit murder, so he wanted to get people to commit murder for him and be like, "I'm a serial killer." He's just bad at it. He, he just sucks at it. murder. He just sucks at murder. It happens. Not everyone's good at it. I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it. And clearly Aiden is not good at it and doesn't want to do it, but he wants to be, I don't know, famous maybe. That's my guess behind this whole thing is that Aiden just wants to be like famous and well-known. And he thought that maybe being a serial killer would do it for him. But he never really went into that whole aspect. That's kind of what my adaptation is. It's like, is that he wants to be like infamous. So they go through this whole ordeal of getting these people into their family. And Corey kind of reminded me of... In Deadpool 2, right? The interview scene where they're interviewing all these members to join their squad, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah. Kind of reminded me of that. I could see that. I, I love this scene a lot, too, because it's literally Aiden and Claire interviewing people who come in to be part of this family. And my favorite character gets introduced in this part, too, Jack. They they interviewed they start interviewing Jack and they, they kind of go on a backstory of all the characters too, mm-hmm. but they show Jack has a fish stand. <laughs> so someone walks up to Jack's fish stand and he's like, hey, "What can I get you?" And she's like, "I'll have some fresh cod." Aww. He reaches into a bag and he gives her a bunch of frozen fish sticks. <laughs> 
eventually he does get accepted in the family and like they're all practicing on how to be serial killers. Yep. And he tries to suffocate <laughs> one of his family members with a plastic bag. Oh, that like I was trying not to laugh so hard, man, because I didn't want to like make all sorts of crazy noise in the house, right? But, but I was just internally screaming because of how ridiculous that part was because everyone's practicing their stabs you know with the fake knife right oh and the two twins stabbing each other yeah stabbing each other back and forth and then all of a sudden you look over and jack has a i think it was a reusable bag over a guy's head it wasn't even like a plastic bag it was like one of those ones you buy at marshall's (laughs) yes (laughs) so he's trying to suffocate him with this bag and this poor guy that he's suffocating he's this guy from india Masood, right? He got into this one night stand with the girl. They didn't even talk and he felt that they were like in love and she left in the morning. So he's on this quest to basically find her in Britain and he knows her because they met through yoga. So he's going to all these yoga places and he just so happens to join this family thinking it's part of something for yoga and he has <laughs> no idea. The whole time. And he can't speak any English whatsoever. So no one understands him. He doesn't understand anything. He just thinks he's at some sort of weird yoga family. <laughs> Imagine that. And then like someone you're there with just tries to fucking suffocate you in a bag. <laughs> like this is not, this is not Ohm. <laughs> so Dude, by the way, Claire is like the British version of Wednesday Adams. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. You're talking about Aiden's girlfriend, right? Claire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. She has that Wednesday Adams feel to her. Just very, like, deadpan, right? Yeah, yes, very uh, much. Very deadpan, eyes always agape. Kind of that look. Obviously, Wednesday does it a little bit more cooler. And this is just Claire. It's just Claire. But yeah, she had a bit of a Wednesday look to her. Just not gothic. Yeah. I feel like later on in the film, she did sort of, I don't know, she got, I don't know, paler yes. as, it, as it went on, I think. I think I noticed that, too. She started looking more dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be like, I don't know, Amy kind of fucked her up, too, because you could tell that Claire was kind of, I don't know, she had a thing for Claire. Yeah. Uh, Amy did. Amy and Claire. Yeah. There was something and, between um, them. And then Aiden just couldn't lock it down. Man, maybe could have made that happen. Made what happen? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> oh. Like not an orgy because, you know, a threesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he could have, but I mean, he's a little too awkward for that, I think. Yeah, he is. He, well, he tried with the twins, but, you know, he could have tried. I don't think he would have got it. So this is also the, for the first scene that we they kind of have that chemistry. Amy took her whole crew to her own family's house. Yeah. To murder everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you like, they were expecting to go to some different place. And it turns out, yeah, they went to her family's house, just wiped everyone out there. And yeah, it was basically kind of like the Manson murders where I kind of fucking cringed when she put a fork through her dad's hand, though. Yeah, that looked gnarly. And everyone was so like nonchalant about it, too. They were just looking like, Jesus, okay, what's going on? For technically to be their first murder. Yeah, they like wiped out, let's say, eight (laughs) or nine people. Yeah, they went nuts. Those twins, by the way, they were gnarly. They were like buzzsaws, man. Were they actually, the actresses, are they actually twins? They are actually twins. I looked it up. I would hope so, because otherwise, who the hell is doing that casting? And if they are different, bravo to that person for finding someone completely identical to the other person. Var and Ranja. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're like freaking buzzsaws, man. They just go in, they both jump on people together and just stabbing from front and back. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. They were absolutely relentless. Yeah. Those two were crazy. Kind of makes you think like they've done it before, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. You know, they were like part of a weird family over in uh, where where were they? Where did they come from? Them, the characters. Yeah. Where were they from? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. But they had that little, uh, almost like a Dutch look to them, like that kind of countryside, because they showed briefly them with their parents as they were younger. But it was like very rural, like a cabin in an open field type deal. That's where they kind of grew up from. And now, you know, they're committing murders, but they were crazy. The poor yoga guy, Masood, my guy, is just there hanging out. And he's like, this is not Zen. Um, a guy's trying to get out of there. He's like, you got to leave, go. And then Amy's brother hits Masood over the head with a friggin' wine bottle. And this guy is just not having a good time. He's clearly Poor not. Masood. Poor Masood. He is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Literally, he doesn't even know why he was there until this scene. Nope. He had no idea. And it's funny because they were interviewing him and he says, and this like this killed me too. He said, I'm not sure what's happening, but I don't think we're going to a yoga retreat. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Not a yoga retreat, my dude. But the whole time, him not knowing any English was just hysterical. I thought that was great. And obviously, afterwards, they go back and they party. And Aiden's like, yay, we did it. You know, he's trying to take credit because he's trying to be like the new Charles Manson where everyone else did the murdering. So basically, everyone else went but him. Like, even his girlfriend went. And she was photographing. But he was just back there, like, setting up the party. You know, being the ringleader. I had to do air quotes there ringleader and they all just kind of look at him like this isn't your doing so this is what i was going to kind of get at is that so it got to a point where it was like the story was really built around him and then it like drastically turned into this family thing and then aiden almost seems like he was non-existent for the rest of the movie right oh yeah because yeah. claire ba or um amy basically took over right exactly so amy basically took over and then you you weren't really seeing much of him and more focus was being put on amy and the other people over aiden and i don't know if that's intentional or if it just kind of like based on how it was edited and made it feel that way but that's what I was getting out of that is that he was definitely getting pushed down to the mid card as opposed to being the main event and whatever. They all have their roles. All wrestlers have their roles. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, it's like he didn't do anything. Like he just created this family, but everyone else is doing all the work. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of the same deal if like you run a company, right? And you get all these people, you hire all these people to do the work for you and you go, yeah, great job. We did it. It's kind of the same deal, but yeah, everyone's going to be a little salty about it. I mean, they're not getting paid. I bet if they got paid, they'd be like, yeah, okay, it's your deal. It's your murders. Yeah. But no, they all looked at him like Amy was the one in charge now, and that's what happened. So Amy took over, and Claire left with Amy after they had uh, some sexy time during the party, and poor T-Bone friggin' died, who was your guy's friend there. Yeah, and like, I love how nobody noticed that she was dragging the body across the house. They're too busy partying, man. Sometimes the you just don't know. Yeah, they're having a party to celebrate mm -hmm. that they just did this massive murder. And Amy ends up killing T-Bone. And no one noticed. And it all happened right behind him. Yeah, no scream, no nothing. Just happened so fast. I don't remember how she kill him. Door closed. We didn't hear it or see it. And the next thing we see is her kind of just skedaddling a little bit and dragging a body. Oh, you right, because she convinced him to come into the room with her. Yeah. Okay. Which we do it to ourselves, us single dudes. Yeah, so that happens. And then the whole family kind of breaks up. Like, they all just kind of go their separate ways. And now Amy's in charge. She's got the twins, and she's got Claire on her side, all this. And she takes the video of that whole murder. She takes the video away from Norman. 
Now, this is where it gets interesting because Norman was kind of like a background character, right? Like he was the focal point at first because it's his movie. Yeah, he's just there trying to kind of observe everything that's going on. Exactly. He's just observing. He's just taking everything in. He's recording stuff. That's what his role is. Then there's Aiden, and Aiden's supposed to be the main focus. And then you have Amy. Amy turns into the main focus. And now we're back to Norman being the main focus because Amy took the video away from him, and he needed that to resurrect his career. Now we're like we're switching all over the place, and this makes me think that, was Norman the main focal point this whole time? And we're just being led into different directions. And who knows, maybe Norman set this whole thing up on purpose. Maybe he had this idea in his head. He knew someone that was like interested in wanting to be a serial killer. And then he just kind of fed into it. And he fed into the fantasies and about how you could do this, how you could do that. And kind of orchestrated the whole thing. Do you feel like this is kind of where it's leading? So it could have been that, but... It could have also been a bit of him just fed up. Maybe he was fed up with everyone else getting to do stuff and he wasn't. But maybe you're right. Maybe he just decided to do this to, I don't know, learn. Because there's this huge twist that happens here and like completely blindsided me. Yeah. I did not predict this at all. Yeah. Let's talk about it. The twist. Now we're talking about him being the killer, right? Yeah. So basically, like you had said, so Amy takes the tape and Norman wants to get his tape back. So he breaks into this what is it, like a house that they're all staying in, the family, so he can get his tape back. And nobody's home at the time. He finds the tape in like an upstairs bedroom and he starts to leave the house and Amy pops up. Amy tries to stop him from leaving. Norman kills her. Yep. And that's the twist right there because, like you said, it the focal point completely switches at this moment. And I love the subtle touch. Did you notice the blood on the camera lens? I did notice that. But also, did you notice the breathing of the person? The person holding the camera? No, obviously we got the blood on the camera, but then Amy, you hear her doing like kind of like that death breathe. With the, oh yeah, she's gurgling. Yeah, they're like the gurgling, like that type deal. Like, which is not something you hear often. Usually it's just like bang, dead, done. But you could actually hear her on the ground like, ah, like that kind yeah, of- slowly dying. Yeah, slowly dying, which I don't hear often. Like I said, it's usually just so quick and fast and that they're dead instantly. That's something that's always kind of been a little weird to me is that some people can just be instant death and there's like no transition to death. Let's say someone gets an ax to the head. They're going to definitely be like, like that. They're going to just do this like gurgling, moaning sound. They're not just going to be like dead, silent. You know, there's yeah. always some sort of noise. But yeah, so she got stabbed in the eye with one of those two-pronged fork deals. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so she got stabbed in the eye and then he pulls it out. Which, by the way, the thing was clean. I don't know if you noticed that. It's a little um, error in uh, the filming there. That fork should have been bloody for sure. They forgot to put the blood in. Yeah. They edited it out. Yeah, I don't know. Edit. Edit. Continuity error. That's it. I was trying to think of the word for that. And then he leaves, and Claire comes out of nowhere, and he stabs her a whole bunch of times. So now Claire's dead. So now Norman has killed two people, and Claire was just, like, actually happy to be murdered. Yeah, she said something as she was going down. Or she said, like, thank you or something. I can't remember what she said. She mumbled something. Yeah, it was something on the lines of that, like, thank you, or you did it, or something. I remember it being kind of something like that. <laughs> you left? Yeah, you left. <laughs> you left. Uh, that's a callback for, for listeners, that uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yep. Yeah, which... So, actually, I got to talk about something here. Okay. Mickey Mouse, public oh, domain, right? Yes. <laughs> I was reading a fucking interview today with the guy who directed the mean one. 
he is working on a Mickey Mouse movie. Oh, my dear God. Oh I will not be God. watching it. Yes, you will. And we're going to review it. <laughs> the audience demands it. He's doing a Steamboat Willie movie. A Steamboat Mickey movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'll watch it. Sure. Why not? You're going to be solo that week. Fine. I'll get a guest with me. <laughs> get the director? No, I'll just get the friggin' like Randy Quaid or something. Randy Quaid. <laughs> He's going to charge you so much money. He's going to be like, I wanted to talk about this stupid movie that came out. Let's like, do it. F- fucking Randy Quaid. You've been in two movies. You have no right charging me any money. <laughs> Okay, Dennis Quaid then. I'll get Dennis Quaid. All right. Whatever. Step up. So, yeah, that shit's going to come out quick. People have to jump on it. They got to be, like, quick to it because otherwise that public domain is going to friggin' end real fast. Oh, yeah. Today alone I've seen a trailer for a video game and actually a movie. The video game looks interesting. Yeah, I say, what is it called? Infestation or something? And then the movie is called Mickey Mousetrap? Yes, Mickey Mousetrap. I think we should check that out. That looks fun. As long as the guy who didn't do the mean one is attached to that one, I'll watch it. Oh, come on. I think you just didn't like the actors. Yep, that's it. Yep, that's it. Not everything, just the actors. Okay, so Norman at this point now kills two people and then reaches out to Aiden, says, I got to meet you. So Aiden foolishly decides that he's going to go meet Norman. And Norman's being freaking creepy Norman at this point. Like, Norman's now in a whole different realm. He's out and he's gone. He's a different Norman. So, calls Aiden out. They're at the place where the whole family was before. And he's talking to him. Aiden wanted to kill him, but couldn't go through with it. Corey, like I said, he probably just wanted the fame, but he just could not do it. Even though Norman's like, you can have these murders. They're all yours. I can give them to you. You just have to say in this camera that you did it. Yeah, that scene between the two of them, I, I loved it, though. That was shot really well. It was. Lighting was great on that. Shot very well. And then, obviously, we know how it happens is that Norman stabs Aiden in the stomach, in the back, and then cuts his throat. And that was the move that he was teaching the family members during the knife practicing session, like stab in the chest, stab in the back, cut the throat. And yep, he used it against him. used it against him. So Norman is, like, kind of a pseudo- good bad guy if you think about it like he's bad in the sense that he killed these people and that he wanted fame for them but good in the sense that he killed someone who wanted to set up this whole ordeal so like none of them are really good or bad they're all just kind of i don't know messed up they're all messed up and then norman gets arrested because aiden brought his friend along his new family member and he called the cops that's pretty much the end and all when Aiden says at the end that everyone remembers serial killers. No one remembers the victim. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of cool one-liners. Yeah, there were. It was a really well-shot movie. It looked great. Acting didn't feel forced or anything like that. I thought it was great. Corey, you know what? You go for it. What do you give it? Wait a second. Did you stay tuned for the after credit scene? I did not. Oh, my God. You got to go back and watch it. There's this hilarious scene with Jack. Okay. Just doing jack things with his little seafood cards. Uh, okay, I'll go back. I'll watch it. For some reason, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should go back. I have a feeling this is the kind of movie that would have a post-credits ending. But I just didn't do it because I was like, you know what? I got to get this done so we can do the podcast. Yeah, it's um, it's Jack in all his glory. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go back. I'll check it out. And I'll post on social media or something like, oh, my God, that was absurd. Or whatever. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. There all we right. Go. So, so I give this a... 
easy five out of five if it wasn't obvious from me talking about it Mm -hmm. um, this past half hour here i love this movie i love the mockumentary style like i said before like what we do in the shadows that type of stuff i I love it this film was just like on another level again i'm gonna say it's a hidden gem i hadn't heard about this movie before whoever recommended it to us i thought it was funny i thought it was super unpredictable especially that huge twist and the story was just wrapped up perfectly like there was no gap at the end you know it just ended perfectly and then like i was saying there's that after credit scene with jack that's definitely fan service because they know he was the best character oh he was fun but they were all great in their own way i thought all the characters really knew how to like kind of stay in their own lane you know work in their comfort zone like okay this character works for me i'm gonna stay with this i'm not gonna try to be absolutely absurd and over the top or whatever i'm gonna just stay there right and just stay in that little nook uh you know what so five out of five for you but same for me five out of five thought it was great honestly my only gripe with this movie is that i think it could have made for a really good show I yeah th- i mean so i don't know if you know but what we do in the shadows was originally a movie i did not know that. and it got turned into a show yeah okay so maybe the same thing will happen with this Maybe, but I think it would have been awesome for a show. Like, this is something that could definitely been dragged out longer because the characters are so dynamic. There's so much to them, and they're all ridiculous in their own way that there could have been a lot to go off of, a lot of bouncing back and forth of ideas or like, you know, I heard we should do this kind of murder type thing too. You know, like the side conversations that they do in the office and things like that. This could have been that. I think um, Screenbox might have a winner on their hands. They should take this movie make it a show that's what i'm proposing they definitely have something here and i mean what is this 2021 it came out so yeah i mean maybe they're done with it now but i hope not i hope not either i think uh it's an opportunity that they should maybe look into maybe just go back to that director and be like hey can we expand on this because this is great so yeah five out of five for me everything seemed top notch i can't really think of anything other than the fact that maybe it would have been a really good show I was entertained the whole time. I had a hard time taking notes because I was like just enjoying the movie. I'm just sitting there. I'm having a good time. I'm laughing. I'm into it. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's right. I got to take a note. So when you're like that sucked into a movie and you're just enjoying yourself, having a good time, that's when you know it's a good movie. Yeah, you're you're, you're right, though, because I probably was halfway through this movie before I realized I hadn't written anything down yet. Yeah. That's what makes a good movie. A movie that sucks you in and takes you wherever. And five out of five, easy for me. This thing was great. I was entertained the whole time. I might even watch it again. I would definitely watch it again just to kind of like see if I missed anything. Because I think this is one of those movies where you could miss things. And it's funny little quirks here and there. Like the black metal band scene. Like all the little stuff in the background that maybe you didn't see. And I saw it, but I thought I love looking at the background shit. Because that's where some of the shit is hidden, right? I wonder if that's on uh, on YouTube. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I bet it is. But who knows? Maybe they'll make this into like an American version, just like The Office, except it won't be starring Steve Carell. This time it'll be starring James McAvoy. Oh, stop it. (laughs) James McAvoy does not need to be in every remake. Why not? I don't know. You know what's funny? He's a great actor. I just, I don't want to see it. I know. I don't. Uh, I don't think he's got the comedic value type to like carry through a whole entire season or a whole show. Yeah, maybe they could. Oh, you know, they could cast Adam Sandler. Oh, geez, yeah. That <laughs> it's just saying all sorts of weird gibberish. Yeah, yeah perfect, perfect, perfect. He's a New England boy, good old New England boy. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this was great. Everyone, definitely check it out. It's on Screenbox. It's called 
when the screaming starts. So highly, highly, highly recommend it. We only have a few five out of fives, and we're adding this one to the list. So Well-deserved. Well-deserved is right. All right, everyone. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms so we can get some more exposure. Of course, be sure to tell your friends. Both our intro and outro music are courtesy of Andrew Scott Bell. Be sure to check out Andrew Scott Bell on all major streaming platforms. And if you see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey on vinyl in the wild, be sure to pick it up. We're also part of the Shining Wizards Network. Be sure to visit ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. They're an awesome podcast network ranging from wrestling to horror to heavy metal to all that good stuff. definitely check out all their shows they're all great all a good time visit 30screamsolest.com for all previous episodes and transcripts that go with those episodes and if there's anything you want us to review send us an email to 30screamsorless at gmail.com or hit us up on social media use that hashtag 30screamsorless also buy our merch damn it please hey thanks lol all right everyone i'm steve i'm Corey, and thanks for listening to 30 screams or less and don't forget to drink your beans (laughs) 